Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast. Are you curious about what a free birth is? Maybe you've heard the term before, but have no idea uh, how it even works. <laughs> Maybe you're sitting there thinking, how in the world am I going to afford a home birth, let alone nutritious foods? What about prenatal visits? Test during pregnancy? Is there maybe a different way to go about all of it and feel integrated and peaceful? Well, today Kaya comes back on the show to continue our conversation. So if you haven't listened to her birth story yet, go back to episode 90. That's part one where she shares her birth story with her first baby. We talk all about creative ways in this episode that God can provide for you that you may not think about, what community birth looks like, and then different ways you can approach prenatal care. It was a really great episode and conversation. I really think it's going to bless you. All right, mark your calendar, guys. This is so exciting. Join me in the Peaceful Home Birth community on Facebook for a three-day birth prep training, November 15th, 16th, and 17th. Learn the three steps you need to take to prepare for a peaceful, Holy Spirit-filled home birth. Preparing for birth doesn't have to feel like a drag. It doesn't have to feel overwhelming or like, too much. There is a way to feel prepared and confident about your birth. So come hang out in the group, get involved, let's do the work. You can connect with other women who are on the same journey as you, and let's do this. Click in the link on the description below to join, and let's make sure to introduce yourself when you get there. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, where your journey to a joyful and empowered birth experience begins. I'm your host, Allie McLean, a registered nurse, home birth coach, devoted wife, and proud mother to four incredible kiddos. I've walked the path from trauma to triumph, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. At the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, we're more than just a show. We're a community of dreamers, believers, and fearless mothers-to-be. If you're seeking to reclaim your birth story, to transform fear into confidence, and to embrace the beauty of home birth, you've found your tribe. My own transformative journey began with a traumatic C-section, propelling me on a quest to uncover the power of home birth. And now I'm on a mission to help you rise above your past, prevent needless C-sections, and stand firmly in the certainty of your dream birth. As a devoted follower of Jesus, I believe that His divine design for birth is inherently good. It is a reflection of His love, strength, and grace. If the dream of home birth has been planted on your heart, know that it's there for a purpose. And I'm here to stand with you as you pursue it wholeheartedly. In a world filled with racing thoughts and doubts, I'm your guide to taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ and replacing them with the liberating truth. Together, we'll navigate the challenges that lie ahead, finding not only freedom, but also unbridled joy on your path to motherhood. This podcast is a haven for the woman who has faced the darkness of a traumatic birth and has questioned whether home birth is within her reach. Here we shatter those doubts. Join us for illuminating interviews with remarkable birth workers who share our reverence for the sanctity and splendor of birth. Listen to inspiring women as they recount their triumphant birth stories, each a testament to the strength that resides within you. So whether you're just starting to explore the world of home birth or you're already on this radiant journey, the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast is your sanctuary, your wellspring of knowledge, and your unwavering support system. 
Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to embark on a path that leads you to the birth you've always dreamed of. It's time to experience the Holy Spirit's power, to embrace the beauty of birth, and to create a legacy of love and strength. Are you ready to transform your birth experience? Let's dive in. All right, I'm so excited to get into part two of our interview. And this one, we're really going to talk about uh, what is an authentic midwife? What does free birth look like? Uh, so many things around that. So if you haven't listened to Haya's la- last episode, it's part one. You'll hear her first birth story about her free birth. Um, go listen to that first before hopping into this episode. So let's just hop right in. Can you give my listeners a quick recap of who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, so I'm Haya. I'm a Jewish mother of four free birthed boys, um, just my husband and I. And I those births basically have uh, been the catalyst for me practicing as a midwife through my ministry. Um, and they, you know, greatly, I don't know if I said this already, <laughs> I, they informed how I practice. So that's kind of a brief little thing. Yeah, I love it. So I think to start out for people who are just, you know, exploring birth, would you kind of lay the groundwork and let's go over some definitions before we get into kind of more of the questions. So first off, what is free birth? Oh my, well, I'll probably be shot from all the different directions with people that have their very set in stone um, definitions. But in my opinion, free birth, as I defined free birth, it's basically doing your own prenatal care, birthing on your own um, with no like midwife or obstetrician no sort of like clinically trained professional in your building in the building while you're uh, birthing so some people like to exclude doulas from from the definition of free birth I think doulas being present doesn't change anything so like doesn't change the fact that it's a free birth because doulas are not trained in in most of the clinical things that midwives are and things like that so so that's, in my opinion, is is a, a sort of non-clinically trained professional being absent from the birth experience, the birth process and everything. Yeah, I know when I was learning all about the different types of birth and like what options I had, it was funny how much uh, discussion and dissension was about just this topic. Like everybody yes. has own opinion on what the definition of a free birth is so glad to hear your your definition to clarify you became an authentic midwife could you explain what that is yeah so I've I haven't myself used the term authentic midwife just it seems like a newer one but I do like the way that it sounds um I think it touches on using the word authentic um as sort of a clarifier if that's a word um is i think really helpful because there are so many different types of midwives 
I think an authentic midwife, usually when people are using it, is describing someone who is sort of um, like a holistic practitioner of this ancient role of midwifery. Um, midwives have been around since, I think, since there was more than just Eve in the beginning of time. <laughs> so, um, so I think, so it's a societal role. Um, and I think when people say authentic midwife, they're talking about that. Um, it would be like saying authentic father or authentic mother. Like it's, it's like this true version of, um, this, this ancient societal role. So, so an authentic midwife might be somebody who has like clinical training, um, or is taught by, um, just through an apprenticeship, like taught just the, the role of sitting and being with women. And, um, but I think it also touches on like the spiritual aspects of midwifery and, um, the sort of ceremony of birth and, um, truly that like holistic experience rather than just a purely technocratic, um, uh, purely clinical, purely physical, you know, view of birth. Right. So if you found somebody who, you know, was using the term, calling themselves an authentic midwife, would you say that you've had a free birth or would you say you had a midwife attended birth? I'm curious because I think everybody is going to have their own definitions, but like if I like, let's say you were wanting a home birth and you hired somebody who said that they were an authentic midwife. Would you tell people you had a home birth or would you say you had a free birth with like a, an authentic midwife? I guess, does that con constitute as a free birth in your opinion? I think that would just be a home birth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know that I would for myself describe that as a free birth because there is someone there who even if it's a a more experienced mother you know like someone who's had a baby let's say it's my first baby you know say it was my first my firstborn first birth and i'm planning this this home birth with uh you know my older sister who has you know has had birth given birth before in this in like but with the experience of like the physiological birth I think that does make a difference too with someone who has given birth in a in a similar setting similar way um I would well I don't know if I would call that an authentic I think that would still be a free birth because it's I don't know that's tricky that's a good I question I, 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 I think they're really, all the questions that swirl yeah. in my mind when I hear somebody has had a free birth. And I think it just goes back to like kind of the confusion on what this term even means. And so that's kind of why I'm asking all these questions is like, yeah. I, I want people to realize that basically like the way you, you can define the definition of free birth and like home birth yourself yeah. basically. And yeah, it's just, it's interesting kind of when you start diving deeper into the birth culture as a whole and people, you, you might need to yeah. define definitions a little bit is kind of what I was getting at. But do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so true. We are 
birthing in a world we're dealing with a world that has so many nuances in in to say the birth world i work in the birth world kind of thing oh my gosh that's we have different planets for for this all on its own like you can't you can't equate um having most of your experience like i would never i wouldn't know what to do first thing to do if i walked into a hospital and was trying to facilitate some kind of hospital birth i wouldn't i wouldn't i would recognize physiological signs and things like that but as far as navigating the actual like systems and tool a lot of the tools and things like that i wouldn't know the first thing really so that's like a whole other planet and then vice versa i think a lot of obstetricians you know or, or hospital-based midwives and things like that it's a whole entire different world operating out of someone's home and same with the birth center i think it would be similar maybe not like totally different but and also kind of depends on the birth center so there's so much nuance and it gets confusing because i think a lot of people's understanding depends on where they're coming from and what they're familiar with so if someone is insisting that they've had a free birth when they had you know their um their traditionally trained apprentice trained midwife who has never touched Pitocin and never even used a syringe and has never used these more like clinical medical tools, but she's, you know, followed the apprentice model. And then you also have someone over here who has had a baby, had like five or six babies at home. And then you also have your sister who is your best friend and, you know, best uh, advocate for you who also has had a baby or maybe hasn't had a ba- had a baby all of those people are present and you still want to call it a free birth like go for it you do you boo because like yeah like it because it's so it just really really depends on where that person's coming from so it's so that's why like i have my own sort of definition but it doesn't have to be everybody's definition of what this is because because a lot of the free birth movement i think is is coming out of I've seen a lot of people posting about it lately, about it being a trauma response and things like that. I don't know if I agree that it's 100% a trauma response, but I think it for sure is a response to what's been going on in the birth, in the birth world and, and how it's been sort of co-opted by um, these more clinically minded entities. And I'm not, and I, I want to be really specific too, that I don't hate obstetricians. I don't hate medically based midwives. I think using the term medwife is a little derogatory because we got to be we got to be kind to each other first of all, but also understanding of where people are coming from. And there are communities, there are there's huge groups of women that don't don't uh, feel comfortable outside of the hospital they don't feel comfortable without certain you know like, like oxygen being you know if, even if they're having a home birth they're not comfortable with having without having oxygen or without having a cervical check or they're not comfortable you know with this or with that and so having these tools and these these trainings and abilities to do certain things it's needed because if it wasn't needed or wanted people wouldn't be asking for it and then that, that's a whole philosophical thing, but, but I don't, I just trying to like gatekeep these certain things can get really sketchy. And I think it only divides us when we really should be, be 
uniting um, together and and uh, celebrating the tools and skills that we all have and we all carry because um, there's really no competition like there really shouldn't be anyway like women like like I if I'm you know planning my next birth I'm not going to go excuse me going to go to an obstetrician I'm not going to choose someone who is relying on their Doppler to check on the baby but that's just me and someone else may have had a, an experience in the past where they really, really are very comforted by hearing baby's heartbeat on the Doppler, for example, or something like that, you know, or they really, really want, you know, like Dr. Stu on the couch, like an obstetrician hanging out nearby, like, and, and that's, and that's what's going to actually facilitate the physiological birth more is having those different things there um, prepared for them. And again, and what, what's the end goal? Is it to, to mark off, to do your checkbox? So yes, I had a free birth or yes, I had my, you know, perfection, you know, situation, your Instagram, perfect Pinterest, perfect, you know, birth, or was it your birth and it's what you wanted and it was what, what was right with, for your family. Um, and when I say family, I mean like mom, dad, and the baby, not necessarily like aunties and, you know, grandmothers and stuff like that, but like, you know, so sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, no, but it just, that, it's important to me to, it, yeah, you're so, yeah, to clarify, you're, yeah, you're so onto something. And I think this is so <laughs> important for people to understand because for me, I'm a really competitive person, right? So I want to see what is the best birth I could have. And I'm going yeah, to yeah. look at all of that and be like, that's what I want. At least that's how I was when I was first coming into this birth world. And yeah. the marketing around free birth is if you have had that, you have reached the pinnacle of experience, right? And a lot of yeah, birth I've heard that has kind of incorporated a lot of witchcraft and a lot of new age um, yeah, belief systems. And so, you know, throughout the years, I'm definitely seeing more of this is about nobody else's birth, but mine, like, what is it? Who do I want there? What is going right. to make me feel the safest? Because ultimately, physiological birth works a whole lot better if you're not scared. And there, right. believe it or not, there's a lot of women out there who are terrified of birth right and so they choose yeah. to go to a hospital or they choose a birth center and to have all these options available um it, it just increases the continuity of care right which again promotes healthy moms and healthy babies when we have that that's my little yeah. on, on free birth as well like I'm all for it as long as it's what you have desired and what you feel the most comfortable with. And it's not like a competition or anything like that. So I love that you brought that up. I'm curious. Um, a lot of people are wondering, so you have a free birth, like, do you have prenatal care? What does that look like if you do prenatal care in a free birth versus like if you hire a midwife? Can you talk a, a little bit about maybe if somebody has planned on a free birth, what they can 
do or what that might look like for them during pregnancy versus if they go on and choose to hire a midwife? So first off, like I'd say nutrition is the most, I I think nutrition is the most important thing. So even if you're, you have a midwife, not all midwives emphasize nutrition. Um, And that's also important to know because I think some people, they just have this, this picture of what a midwife does and, and it's not, you know, it's not always, we're not all the same. (laughs) So, so I'll just say that right off the bat. But um, nutrition is, I think, the most important. It it prevents so many things. It prevent and then again, we sort of mentioned it in the last, um, in part one. Um, but hemorrhage is like everybody's big fear, and I can understand why. But the funny thing is, is that hemorrhage uh, nutrition is one of the best like preventatives of of hemorrhage of like true hemorrhage um building your blood volume over pregnancy over the pregnancy is like of again of the utmost importance i would say and that's not just because oh my gosh in case i hemorrhage but just in general it helps the all of the functions um all of everything that your body's doing and your baby's doing building that blood volume uh f- helps facilitate that so nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. And I don't just mean like, oh, have a salad. I mean, um, and this is also a little bit controversial, but in my opinion, top of the line nutrition is animal fats, animal meat, that animal proteins. And, and then all the other stuff is sort of like superfluous or not superfluous, but like peripheral. And so, so if you can get like, you know, the, the sketchy raw milk, you know, like everybody, like the, the pick it up in the back of the van, you know, the parking lot kind of thing. But if you can get raw milk, you know, good quality meat. Um, and, and then after the fact, you know, get your vegetables and like all these other things, like that's, that's going to help you the most because, um, the, the phrase came and went right now, but there's like a little phrase that's like, you need protein to build protein or something like that. It's like, um, you need meat to grow meat, which is kind of a weird, <laughs> kind of a weird way of saying that, but it's, it's something along those lines. But, um, yeah, like I could go on and on about nutrition, but that's, that's like, I think again, number one, and you could almost forego anything else <laughs> as long as you've got like top of top of the line, you know, you're doing your absolute best. And I know it can get pricey, And there's a lot to be said for like what's around you and what's accessible. I totally get that. Um, But just do your best. And then um, again, to throw in, uh, you know, some faith in there, but like do your best and then say a prayer like, okay, I'm doing this. I can only go this far. I'm doing my absolute best. Like you got to fill in the gaps, God. And like, and, and also please help me, like, please provide. Um, because there are all, there can be situations where someone just, you know, I don't know, in your whatever community group, like someone's like, Hey, I've got a bunch of extra eggs. Can I give these away to somebody? And, you know, like things like that happen can happen for sure. So, um, I guess that's another piece of that is, is it's, I know it's really hard to ask for help or to admit to like, you know, struggling and things like that. Um, especially if it's like financial struggles or whatever, but just, you know, again, like take a deep breath, 
and be willing to take a step out because sometimes we can we can make some really meaningful connections in our community if we're if we're willing to sort of like put our feelers out and be like hey I'm trying to do this for my pregnancy. I'm trying to, you know, be really intentional with my nutrition. Does anybody have backyard chickens that they can help me out with? Does anybody have, you know, a small garden? Can I, can I buy some, can we make a deal like some kind of trade or whatever, like for some vegetables, some fresh organic, you know, whatever vegetables and stuff Um, that can, again, that can be really meaningful, create meaningful connections all on its own. Um, but yeah, so all of that to say, again, I could go on ranting. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, nutrition is so important. And protein really is like the building block for so many different uh, body systems and, you know, health. Right. Yeah. So protein is so important. And I love the creative uh, application that you give. Because I think a lot of people, um, they can feel ashamed. Like, oh, I can't afford raw milk, you know. I, and I and I do believe that God would give us what we need, right? He He's a provider. Yeah. And so there, it might not right. look like getting a huge raise. It might, it might look like getting a huge raise and being able to fully fund like healthy nutrition. Who knows? It could ca- come that way. But I love that you yeah. give us examples of like, these are other ways that he provides you know, but sometimes you do have to ask. And that is why we're giving community and just even going back to the birth, like I started calling um, my births like community birth because my family was involved. My dear friends were involved. And like, I just see that as being kind of a biblical structure of how birth is. Like you have women who are wiser than you, who've gone before you, who can surround you uh, with knowledge and support. You have your family who can, you know, chip in the way that they're, they can and uh, your children. And it, it's just like such a beautiful picture of how God designed things. And I think it goes back to this nutrition too. You know, sometimes your community could step up and help provide in those times, but we might have to ask once in a while, which is kind of humbling, a humbling thing to do, which is okay. But for people who are currently pregnant and they're like, but I have to take like a prenatal vitamin. Do you have any opinions or thoughts on the whole prenatal vitamin discussion? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. No right or wrong answer. I'm just curious. (laughs) No, it's, it's funny. I'm kind of laughing just because we really do. I feel like there are so many opinions um, for like almost every teeny tiny little detail of pregnancy, birth, postpartum, like, so, so anyway, prenatal vitamins. I think the, I've, I've taken those. I think they can be really helpful, even sometimes just as like peace of mind. Um, I think, so my sort of ideal, um, if there is one, in in my opinion, it's really great to do prenatal vitamins and really good nutrition. I don't think prenatal vitamins are not a substitute. They just they just can't be, even if they're amazing prenatals. Um, another thing is doing, you know, prenatals that aren't like traditional prenatals as 
you know, I think maybe our mothers would be familiar with, um, but doing uh, something that's like more food-based. Um, so one of my clients did uh, had these like liver capsules that she would take, um, these beef liver capsules and things like that. So, so, um, or I've, I've had uh, some friends that have taken like herbs and they're just dehydrated, pulverized and caps and encapsulated. Like it's just in pill form, but it's basically it's still like herbal medicine and things like that. So I think those are going to be more powerful when accompanied with actual, you know, with whatever it is that you're eating. That's also really intentional. Um, and then, and then being really, really, uh, like really doing your research on what's going to be a good prenatal or like good, um, supplements and things like that. And then also remembering that you are a unique person and your own like makeup and what you're actually going to need might be different from somebody else and what they're going to need and stuff like that. So there's a whole, there's a whole school of thought about, um, like in Chinese medicine and I think Ayurvedic medicine. And, um, I mean, really a lot of these different ancient medicines where the, the, uh, whatever kind of person you are, like, like hot, wet, uh, cold, dry, you know, like that kind of stuff is going to determine like the kinds of foods that are actually going to work well with your body. And, uh, so there's all of that to consider too, if you really want to dive into the weeds. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but, but for sure, it's not like, oh, I'm taking this pill and everything's fine. Like you really, it, it does require intention just like with eating real food and stuff like that. So, so I guess that those are my only like real, real notes on that. Cause it can just, that's a huge thing. Just like nutrition is it's, a, it's just so big to talk about. Yeah, you're right. That's really good. So would you kind of paint a picture for us? You chose free birth. You're in your pregnancy. Did you do anything to like, or what was your prenatal? I'm doing quotation marks. What was your prenatals like when you chose free birth? My prenatal, like, like what I was doing just in general or Yeah, did you do a check-in, like, with yourself? Did you measure your fundus? You know how, um, I mean, midwives, they will do basic things for prenatals. What is the free birth side of that? Do you do prenatals? Do you not? Like, with yourself? (laughs) Explain. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, I think the only thing that I really did, I really did for myself um, was check my weight. Hmm. Uh, I would just be really intentional with what I was eating. I would make sure that I was moving a lot and staying hydrated. That's huge, too, with like minerals and things like that. Um, so not just plain, no plain water. Like I was always drinking like teas or even putting a, a pinch of salt even though it's not like the tastiest thing, just putting a pinch of sea salt in my water um, was, is helpful. Um, but yeah, nutrition, hydration, movement, even if it was just chasing my other kids around or going on walks, you know, just not being stoic, stat- static for too long. And, and then I would just occasionally weigh myself and I would just keep track of, I would just keep track of my, the weight that I was gaining. And as long as I was sort of, um, 
especially towards the third trimester was gaining, you know, this had this good trajectory of, of, you know, gaining a total weight of like between 20 and 40. I think for one pregnancy, I gained 50 pounds. Um, I, you know, and I'm, I'm for those that can't see that can are only listening. Um, I'm like, a am very petite person. I'm very small body type. Um, and so gaining a lot of that weight and building that blood volume and, and all of that was really important, um, in general, but especially for me, cause I'm, I'm consistently on the lower end of the, like, I, I actually struggle with being underweight for, for my health, you know? So I, I wanted to gain a lot. Um, and so I was always aiming for like 40, 50 pounds, but I also wasn't, I wasn't like counting calories necessarily or any of that. I was, I was always just like eating what felt good and making sure that it was as nutrient dense as possible. And then checking my weight, um, throughout the pregnancy and, and keeping a record. I would just like literally just in a journal, be writing down date, weight, what have I been eating lately? And just sort of, I think at one point, I think for my first, actually, I was writing um, like my mood lately or, you know, how tired I was and that sort of thing. And it wasn't for anybody else. It was just so that I could look back and be like, am I seeing a pattern here that's like making me feel kind of uncomfortable or am I seeing stuff that feels totally fine? Like, like, uh, like intuitively, is this feeling okay? Or is it not? Is this raising concern for whatever reason? And, and that was pretty much what I did. I just kept my own records, did whatever I felt like keeping track of. And, and, and again, and I guess I would regularly sort of take a moment to kind of like do a body scan basically like in for myself, like, okay, how am I feeling? Do I feel like anything's weird? You know, that sort of thing and everything if 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 something came to mind, even if it was like kind of random out of nowhere, like I'm not drinking enough or like, Ooh, I should drink some more. Then I would take that as a cue. Like, okay. So my body, like my body knows like, or, and, or it's God letting me know, like, it's either my body sending me little cues or God's like, Hey, you need to drink more. You know, I would, I would be like, all right, I'm going to work on that. Yeah. So I love that. As I was listening to that, I just kept thinking like pregnancy doesn't have to be complicated. Right. And right. I think that's what that shows yeah. is it doesn't have to look a certain way. And I think when we take a step back out of like the medical establishment that I mean, I was extremely used to, I mean, that's all I knew. I was a nurse and then I went through that with my first. So coming out of that, I was like, well, I have to have this type of prenatal care. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer to just realize pregnancy just, it's a normal part of life, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so we are very capable of doing that. And actually with my last pregnancy, I took all the prenatal care on myself. And at first I found myself um, just kind of thinking, okay, every month I'm going to do like a, a check-in and I'm going to measure and I'll, maybe I'll do like a urine strip or something here, or there, you know, and then yeah. it ended up being so interesting that every month I was just like, you know what? I intuitively am doing these body scans and I'm just 
kind of listening to my intuition that for the past you know, several years, I've learned what that sounds like. I've, I learned what, um, you know, the Lord sounds like. And so I'm just learning. Right. That. And I, one word that kept coming into my mind was like integrated. Like this pregnancy was just so integrated into my everyday life that it was not complicated. It was not a big deal. It just was. And I think it was a beautiful, it just is, there's so much freedom to that. And so if that sounds like, if you're listening and you're like, oh, that sounds so appealing. Like this is not just something that we can do. It's literally anybody is able to do that. Even if you do decide to go with a midwife you can still learn how to do your own care and just check in with your, with yourself and see how you're, how you're doing. Um, but I'm curious as you're attending yeah. uh, births and you are taking on clients, when you meet with them, what does a typical meeting look like for you? Yeah. So this is kind of something, so I'm very new in my practice and I really want to emphasize that just I'm new, (laughs) Um, but what I have grown to love is uh, doing outdoor uh, prenatals, basically. So we meet at a park or we literally go on a a hike. Like I live in Montana, so there's tons of trails. And um, one of the reasons, oh, and another thing that I like to do is to start these meetings off with some deep breathing. And even if there's nothing said, we're just pausing, we're taking some deep breaths and we're just centering ourselves. And maybe there's a prayer, maybe I say a blessing, you know, whatever, but mostly just taking those deep breaths, whatever was happening before we met together, that's on pause or that's melting away or whatever. Here we are, you know, present and and a lot of the time here we are on a walk. So it's, we're bringing, I'm bringing, you know, the, I think the designs of God, you know, the, the, the medicine of nature into whatever we're doing together. There's, I mean, there's so much, it's multi-layered really just doing that alone is you, you've got the outdoor fresh air, you've got nature around you and all, and you know, I've got evergreens and things like that. There's all kinds of essential oils floating around us, you know, doing wonderful things for our bodies. Um, and we're being, we're grounded on the earth, you know, we're communing with, with God, you know, himself. Um, and there's also the community aspect and that sisterhood. And then also the ease of like, I mean, how often do we talk about crazy deep stuff with our friends when we're on a, on a nature walk, you know, that stuff just sort of comes out. And um, so there's all of that in a meeting. And then with my last client, she really, she did really like to have those uh, more of those like number markers is what I kind of call them, but like checking weight, um, doing blood pressure, heart rate, um, fundal height, uh, so uterus, you know, growing. And for those that aren't familiar with what a fundus is, it's the top of the uterus. So how that's growing. So she wanted like kind of those measurements, but then otherwise we were just chatting and I, and there were different things that I liked to talk about. Um, and then I also have like an, a bit of an automated system that's also happening like over emails. So I send emails, um, at certain 
certain periods that are that's kind of delivering the a little bit more of the mundane kind of like the like education pieces or the like hey you know in in like a more medical setting they might be checking for this so like in case you're interested now would be the time that people are doing their like 20 week ultrasound and here's what they're looking for and here's what you can you know here's some resources on like some of that stuff so some of that stuff that's like really like it would be the same for everybody i'm sending that out in an email like automatically and then it also helps like um it's it's happening before they schedule my my client schedules her next like meeting so if something you know, comes up, she's like, oh, I really want to talk to you about that. She can either email me back or we just talk about it at our next meeting. And again, otherwise it's really just relationship building. I'm not, I don't have, and, and for my next client, maybe they don't want to do any of the numbers stuff and they just want to go on a walk and we just chat and like, and that's, and then that'll also, you know, depend as far as what I might want, um, as far as like uh, me being able to to check on her, you know, maybe I would like to keep track of weight for whatever reason or, you know, something like that. And then it would just depend on the person and depend on what's going on. And um, but I'd also be OK with not doing that because, again, it depends on the person <laughs> and what's going on. So it's a bit of a, you know, it can morph depending, but that that's basically how I operate is, is I think, I think, um, being with women and walking with women is very much a relational, um, task. Uh, it's, it's a relational role, like what I was saying, a societal role more than it is almost anything else. So, so that's kind of where I come from with that, like, um, and, and having my, my own free births to work off of, I did because of my different births and the different things that I, that had, had come up maybe in each birth, there was always multiple really big lessons and kind of the foundational lesson is that no one knows what's going on with this birth as well as the mother does. And so me as someone on the outside, it's, it's, important for me to know her really well so that if something's going down and she can't communicate to me clearly or something I can see what's going I can already like I'm already like privy to something's going on and maybe we need to do this or whatever and so my task in prenatals is to like be a resource be a friend be a sister in this walk and um and mostly just be like learning her and vice versa so that she knows she can trust me just as well as I can trust her. Um, but again, that takes, that can take time. It's not, it's not something that can be automated or it's not uniform because we're all very different. And, and even the chemistry between me and each individual person would be different. So it's like, it's again, it's that that's, that's where I'm coming from. That's like the foundation of, of how I operate with all of that stuff. But I love to incorporate prayer, blessings, nature as much as possible. And yeah. We often underestimate the power of connection and the power of relationships, but it's so true. Like each birth I attended, the mom goes into her like deep, 
labor land. And if we know each other really well, there is a special, I believe, supernatural connection between women where we are able to read the room, right? Like we're able to um, pick up on things intuitively yeah. more than like a husband can sometimes and more than definitely a, a, another man, like let's say a male OB. Like they're just not going yeah. to have the same type of connection as women who have spent time right. sharing intimate things with each other. So it is something that should not be underestimated for sure. Yeah. Do you have any advice or ideas for people who are like, this all sounds amazing, but what about like testing for gestational diabetes or testing for GBS? You know, I feel like those two hang up a lot of women from pursuing this type of birth, right? There's there's things that we are kind of taught that when free birth is presented, they're like, or just even birth with a midwife who is not a hospital midwife or a birth center midwife. When people are presented with that and they're like, that sounds so amazing, but GBS and, and gestational diabetes, for some reason, those two seem to be coming up a lot. So for those women out there who are kind of just toying around with the idea of home birth in general. Do you have any thoughts um, to share with them on, on these two things? Yeah. So I can speak for myself and I know this won't be the case for every um, midwife who, you know, operates similarly to me, but I have, made a point to make some, um, in, uh, relationships with people that like have a clinic, like there's a family practice clinic, um, that I'm connected with. And, uh, that's part of what I send out in emails is this information about some of these things and different ways that they can be addressed or tested for, or, um, you know, signs, like if you are concerned that you might have gestational diabetes, like, Here's some things you can look out for and stuff like that. And if someone's wanting to test, they can go test. They can, they can, um, we have a, a lab here that, that people can basically go order. I know that's not the case in every state, but they can go order their own labs. Um, they can go to this family practice clinician and, and use some of her tools. Um, she's got an ultrasound. She's got uh, you know, her own privileges with the nearby hospital and things like that. So, so there are ways to screen and, and then there are ways to screen without contacting these people at all. Anyway, there, um, I mean, GBS is maybe not, (laughs) that is something you would need a lab for, but, but it doesn't have to be, it's not all or nothing. You, you can, access these things in most places you just have to kind of be creative about how you're doing it and a lot of the time um for example if somebody has uh you know insurance um they have access to these labs they just need to go um maybe to maybe find their ob if they get like their annual they have their their uh gynecologist that they like to go to or whatever kind of 
whatever kind of doctor they might be using, like, or if they don't have somebody that they usually go to, they could potentially just go make a, have a relationship become, or sorry, create a relationship with somebody and then ask them, like, can I get these screenings done or, or whatever. Um, so it's not, it's not, you don't have to be, you know, living in ancient times, you know, per se, like you, you can, you can pick and choose, you can do some of these things on your own. It just, it's a, a lot of the times it is something people don't realize they can do. Um, and sometimes money is, is an aspect that's a concern, which I totally get, but it also kind of de just depends on what they have access to in their area or what their insurance is going to, you know, pay for and et cetera. So that would be something to look into, but it, but again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing there. It's pretty common for people to even be working um, parallel with a midwife and an OB. And depending on what the situation is, sometimes they're working with a midwife secretly, um, but they're using the relationship with the OB to have access to some of these things that they're concerned about, or they just feel more comfortable having access to and stuff like that. So um, that's, that's something people don't realize they, you can say no, it's hard. And I know it can be scary in, in certain areas. There are places that are very hostile towards home birth and doing something differently in general. So you just have to, you know, pray about it, be intuitive about it, you know, get a feel for who you're talking to and who you're working with. But, um, but you can not show up for your GBS screen. You can not show up for the that icky uh, glucola drink thing and do something else, you know. So there are ways to get access to these screens and there are ways to avoid them too. Like, again, you have to kind of be creative sometimes and it really, really depends on on the situation. But But again, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to say, you don't have to forego those screens if it's something you're really wanting to do. Like it's definitely, it's possible. So good. I think people really do. They kind of get into this um, mindset of there's nothing out there for me. Like there's no options. And it's funny because when you start opening up your mind to, okay, I think there might be something out there for me. Like there might be other options. There might be other avenues that I can take. It's amazing what shows up. Like I live in a very hostile state against home birth, like extremely. And so what yeah. it feels like is that there is nobody that's supportive, that it's dangerous, that it's illegal. And like people have these this narrative but what is so amazing is like despite this hostile environment the lord always provides people for th there's always options like i'm finding people all over the place people you would not expect to be supportive of home birth be extremely supportive like ob's who you would just be like wow they will be so hateful against this stitching women up like lovingly and caringly and like you know in in emergencies they'll they'll provide this stuff and it's like so encouraging yeah. to me so I think that's a good word you know keep searching keep looking get creative um you'll find things for people so do you have any last thoughts when it comes to 
kind of the difference between free birth or, um, you know, midwifery, if somebody is kind of on the fence of, you know, I can't hire a midwife, but I'm a little too scared to free birth. Do you have any thoughts or any last words for women who are kind of in that space right now? Yeah, actually, I, I, I want to touch a little bit on the free birth um, part of things you had mentioned before, and I've certainly heard it too, that free birth is sort of this like ideal, magical, you know, experience on top of the mountain. And it can be. Um, but, but in my experience, um, it has been a little lonely. Um, free birth can be really empowering and wonderful. And I'm so grateful for my husband and the kind of partner that he is, but there certainly were times in different points of my different births when I kind of wished that I had a sister with me or, you know, a wise woman there with me, like you had, you also touched on like that, just women amongst women, we have this like knowing, um, with each other. And I really do also believe in that. And there's just, there as wonderful as my experiences were and really powerful. And again, like major learning experiences that I'm so grateful for, um, and they weren't all roses. My, I, we only share, I only shared my first birth. They weren't all as like picture perfect as, as my first, it seemed like. Um, and so there was a lot there, uh, and it would have been nice to have, again, a kind of a sister there to be with me in that sisterly way. Um, and then also just to have that like community aspect that's, that's continuing on, through the postpartum or, or even in my pregnancies, you know, I, again, my husband is an amazing partner, um, but he's not a woman. And so he can only go, he can only understand so much of what I shared with him. And there were, there were plenty of times, especially in my pregnancy, when I kind of wished that I had someone that was sort of like, not dedicated to me in, in like a sort of narcissistic way, but just like someone who was like my person, you know, to, to share this stuff with. So free birth is totally an empowering, wonderful option. I think the, the key is to have that community around you because it doesn't make you, um, invulnerable to depression or, you know, some of these things that are really hard in the postpartum time or, again, even during pregnancy and birth. And, um, so, so I guess that's also like a bit of a call, call to action. If you know a sister or somebody who's going, who's planning a free birth, be there for her, you know, walk with her, ask her how she's doing, you know, all these, bring a meal, but not just a meal, bring a meal and help pick things up or whatever, you know, all that good, good community support that we can, we really can help each other with. Um, and, and a mid for somebody considering a midwife, uh, look for that midwife who seems to have that sort of sister vibe that like wise woman, maybe even a grandmotherly vibe. Um, and who seems like she's, she's there for you. Um, not just because you're hiring her or whatever, but she's there for you as a person on a human level. Um, that connection is really, really important. And, and, and whether we realize it or not, um, that will also 
facilitate physiological birth. It'll create this foundational um, relationship that I think will help whatever, whatever may come from the birth. It, I think it creates this sort of like lifeline um, to, you know, again, community, sisterhood, uh, human to human, like connection that we, that we all need, um, especially going through really big stuff, like, like birth, even if things are going amazingly. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my, my closing words is, is free birth is not, uh, just roses and puppies. Um, it can be, it can be rough. And I think again, like the key to all of it, midwife, uh, birth included is like having that community aspect to it, that, that chemistry and that connection. Beautiful. Wonderful. I love it. I will put all of your, uh, resources and the way to contact you in the description thank you so much for coming on sharing your your heart and your wisdom on this subject I really appreciate it thank you so much for having me this really has been special and and meaningful and I'm looking forward to all the other great people that you have on your podcast I love listening to your stuff so thanks for inviting me I hope you loved today's episode and found it so helpful and encouraging. If you did, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send this episode to a friend who has been praying for a peaceful home birth? Lastly, make sure you get my free download of my complete home birth essentials checklist. Make sure you have everything ready to go so you're able to feel at peace and confidence leading into your home birth. This printable checklist has all of the important but less glamorous or thought of items that I have found to be so incredibly helpful to have at a home birth after working with many clients in person. Now get it by clicking the link in the show notes. And as always, thanks for listening and peace be with you.